This is a yelling podcast. From poking at you to plans and everything in between, this is Magnified Pod, the only podcast that discusses culture, religion, politics, and the entire discography of everyone's favorite left coast punks, MXPX. And we are back. Yeah. Um, so we tried to do this yesterday, mm-hmm. and there were almost bodies. There were almost. Um, it was. It was. It's tough. It was. It was tough. So for some reason, for whatever reason, I couldn't figure out anything with the recording and getting everything to work, and it was. It was super frustrating. I was super pissed because we were both really excited to do this episode. This is the life in general episode. Yeah. This is the probably seminal uh, MXPX album. This yeah. is the where I think they really started to gain some traction and their their meteoric rise into the public consciousness mm-hmm. didn't happen really until maybe before everything and after and the they started getting that sweet sweet mountain dew money right it's the best kind <laughs> but uh so all that to say it was last night was a huge bust and we're back today back back at it and we're ready to talk about um some of that hot off the press mxpx news <laughs> They released their they have four tour dates that they have all all West Coast. Mm. I mean, they're a West Coast band trying to show a little West Coast love, but it's a very limited set of dates. So July sixth in Santa Ana, California at the Observatory. It's July seventh in Hollywood at the Troubadour. Twenty uh, seventh in Seattle at the Showbox and 28th in Portland, Oregon at the Hawthorne Theater. The only uh, the only tickets on sale are the ones at the Observatory and Showbox. Evidently, one of the ticketing companies got hacked, according to Mike, and the Hollywood and Portland shows are not on sale yet, but they're going to let everybody know when those are ready to go on sale. And... I kind of hate to be that guy who always is like, where's, where's the Chicago shows? Oh, but I'm sure those will be down the road. But it's also kind of a bummer because he said that these, these dates, that they're going to release the album somewhere in July, July yeah. at some point. And... You know, we're not gonna get we're not gonna get to any of those piece of the action until some unspecified unspecified date. Until the pod takes off and right. the demand just grows. Yep. When we'll just be on tour with Mike <laughs> and the guys. So. I think it would benefit everyone for that. Uh should we introduce ourselves? <laughs> yes. I am Andrew. I am John. Yes. How are you feeling? <laughs> um, much better. Yeah. Uh, um, Twenty four hours later, but it's been it's it's been. 
it's it's been every every day feels exhausting this yeah the state of the world right now every week every day i wake up and checking twitter is typically a disaster yeah. but how do you stay involved how do you stay engaged without kind of knowing what know what's going on right but i long for the days where i could just wake up and be like ah you know my president is not a complete and utter disaster right not to say that didn't disagree with obama on some things of course that's there but the palpable sense of constant dread wasn't there though <laughs> no no there's there wasn't the fear of Obama having a meeting with some foreign leader and being like, oh God, he's totally going to blow this. But who knows, the Singapore meeting with North Korea could... Mm. I'm sure it'll turn everything around. (laughs) It's the the turning point in the world. Kim Jong-un will see the error of his ways. Mm -hmm. He'll be like, oh, I've just been been totally irrational. Mm -hmm. Let's turn over a new leaf. Everybody... Let's uh, stop stop the labor camps. Let's stop the, um, you know, the lack of food. Yeah, let's all just be. And I think there are, I think there are some progressives, some liberals who probably want Trump to fail on any number of things sure. just just at, for the sake of saying like he see he sucks. Yeah. But I. I don't want them to fail. I would right. I would much rather him be a more competent person. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we can plan on that happening though. No, no, I don't think so. Um, so in other music news, oh, so yeah, check out mxpx.com for those tickets. As of this recording, I think there are still some on sale. Uh, but though though they will probably not last long especially if it's going to be a release show people will probably want to probably probably want to be there but i thought they were only releasing the album to the backers that was what you said i don't know man i'm just going off of of your expertise it's i I mean that sounds that means it's what they said i don't i don't know why they they've always been liars though i mean that's kind of part of their brand it is it's very on brand speaking of other punk bands with X in their names. Right. Perfect transition. NOFX. Yep. Right. NOFX. Yep. I, uh, back in the day, I had a friend who tried to convince me that the band's name was No Fucks. <laughs> like they give No Fucks? Maybe. Or... <laughs> Maybe. Because, um, I mean, it seems, if it's No Fucks, it seems like the kind of thing like a Christian would have been into. <laughs> there's, no, there's no Fox, so it's cool. Yeah, there's, there's, there aren't any. We're definitely not having any. Um, but so no effects made some comments at a show in Vegas that they've seen some pretty significant um, blowback, blowback for. I didn't know anything about this until you told me. And my first inclination is always like yeah fat mike is a moron so it's not surprising <laughs> but this does seem to be at a different level than uh you know, typical being, dumb things you know, just being an asshole is one thing but sort of seemingly for those who don't know he they made a comment about the 
mass shooting in October that killed 59 people and wounded 500 plus people. It was an absolute nightmare and bloodbath and it was terrible. And, and fat Mike made a comment about, uh, at least it wasn't punk rock fans who got shot. Yikes. Which is super shitty. And I don't, and people I see, I'm seeing all kinds of the whole, the whole spectrum from the anti-PC crowd who people are like, oh, just a joke, whatever, you're so PC, to the people who are like setting their no effects albums on fire and being like, I'm done with them. Mm-hmm. It, the, whole, the whole spectrum. And the band seems to try and be trying to try and take this seriously and give some sort of serious thought to it. And they only released an apology, a full apology, about two hours ago. And they're they're not trying to they're not trying to backpedal. They said we're not gonna we're not gonna backpedal. We crossed a line. It's obviously a tragedy, and it it it's. They shouldn't have said it, and I I don't know what 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 is your feeling when a a band or somebody are we past a point where if someone fucks up really bad and says something that are we post yeah. forgiveness is that where we're at right now in this in twenty eighteen yeah I mean it's it's tough there's always a line for people, right? I feel like certain things maybe would fly and others wouldn't. And maybe it's personal choice to some extent. I don't know. Like I feel the age of everything being recorded forever and social media tracking everything definitely makes like most artists problematic. And there's always been the separate the artists from the art thing and you know, whatever your mileage may vary and how you like think about that as a concept. But Um, I do feel like, yeah, today it's like harder than not to find someone who you would be on board with. Like most of the time, especially in like a punk scene that is very typically heavily like white male dominated, you know, and, uh, lots of aggro dudes spouting (laughs) their stuff on stage. I don't know. I feel, I saw this thing that, um, Dave Bazan tweeted the other day. And I don't even know what it was in reference to, but maybe it was this. I don't know. But he was talking about, you know, separate the artist from the art at your own peril. He was basically saying, like, compartmentalizing it is bad news and leads to confused thinking. And, like, I don't totally know what I think about that. I guess I still do that to some extent. There's definitely been... I mean, I love NoFX, or I did. Like, side note, are they putting out new albums and stuff? (laughs) They're they're supposed to be uh, putting out an album, I think a a live album okay. sometime this August. But I've definitely not heard anything that they've done in like the ten plus years. But I mean um, they've they've put out they put out a handful of albums. But okay. I yeah I this is one of those this is one of those things where I. I have a hard time. I think it's, and I've had this conversation with several people. How do you, how do you separate the artist right. from the art? You have, you know, I think about 
I had this conversation with somebody about Jesse Lacey from Brand New, mm-hmm. how he was like soliciting oh, right, underage right, yeah. girls for you know naked pics back in the day, and I mean that's super shitty. Right. And and but I at the same time it's like I still very much like Brand New. Yeah. And their music and their new album, I really like. Mm. And is the point to uh, totally disengage from these people and 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 put them underground? And right. or do we want and hopefully have them learn something and yeah. not just like give them a pass right. and say, "Oh, you're sorry. Let me give you all your power back." Yeah. You know, I just I just feel like there's a tension there because I don't I don't want to let Fat Mike off the hook sure. and say you're no you're totally cool everything's fine and but I I don't know I don't I it's not like I'm gonna say oh Harvey Weinstein you did your time here is your power right. and here's your authority no like you're you're a garbage human right. you know I just I just don't know. Yeah. If this, and I'm not, and I'm not one, I'm not the, like, I don't want to be the necessarily, like, I have this conversation about stand-up comedy all the time too. What's, yeah. what can you and what can't you joke about? Right. Because there are clearly people who are more, uh, better at delivering a joke that rides that line. Right. Than, than say Fat Mike, who just typically says something for the shock value yeah well yeah and is it is it something that's in your comedy and maybe you can make justifications about you know what's allowed in art and comedy and whatever or is it something that like leaks into their personal life and the way they use their power and stuff you know i feel like that's a separate thing like thinking about louis ck who right. everybody loves and he would walk that line all the time of like is this okay to joke about like he's telling these truths so it's okay but then it bled you could argue that some of that same thinking that went into the jokes that he made bled into the way that he acted privately and that that's that's where the problem is so yeah maybe it's partly about how they how they live out some of the stuff that's problematic within their own life and the way they interact with people and all that. But yeah. So I think this might be a good time to transition into two other stories that I think are very much relevant to this conversation. Hmm. And one of those artists just dropped an album a few days ago. Yep. And I know that we're talking about Kanye, of course, and his new album, Yay, following his... Album? Question mark? <laughs> yeah, album EP? Yeah. Like... In my day, albums were at least nine songs. <laughs> in my in my day, I felt like 12 was like the bare minimum right. for, what a, for what an album is. Do kids know what an album is? Is that a thing? I don't know. Well, in our day, we had physical media. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know if it makes us sound old to just even say album. Maybe. Maybe it does. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this is following his first music, following his uh, poopity scoop <laughs> release and his 
stupid slavery is a choice comments, <laughs> yeah. which she addresses. Right. I'm glad that you led with poopity scoop. <laughs> <laughs> that was the real controversy as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, that was a disaster on its own, on its own, right? I think he was messing with people on that. I think he was, you know, I think some people were saying he was more messing around with like right. the beats yeah. than it was the, yeah, yeah, yeah. than the, well, that wasn't a finished thing that leaked, but like also we're in weird territory. Cause like life of Pablo didn't feel totally finished either. Like that felt like kind of a sketch and I liked a lot of stuff on it, but then this one feels more like a doodle or something. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, I don't know that, that, that poopy scoop thing was on something that was not a real release, but this is a real release, but like sort of. Yeah. So. I, it's, uh, you know, I, I I follow a lot of people on Twitter who were talking about this release and being like, no, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to engage with people who are essentially endorsing white supremacy <laughs> Yeah. and denying the nightmare of, of chattel slavery. That's, <laughs> They're like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not gonna fuck with that. And yeah. I and I'm and I'm totally and I'm totally fine with that. That's a totally justified mm-hmm. position to take. And and they're like, I'm not gonna give them the, the benefit of the listen. And I sort of thought about that for a bit too. And at first I listened to it and I was like, What even is this first song question mark again with the question marks yeah something. yeah so what were what were your overall thoughts of it yeah i mean so we were going to talk about new stuff in music that we've been listening to and i feel like we have to talk about kanye as part of that discussion so like yeah i'm i mean talk about separate the artists from the art like i've been doing that with kanye for a long time he's been a hashtag problematic fave like for (laughs) since like album two or three probably yeah but like and i think there was a certain level of well he's kidding or like messing around for a certain number of albums and years and then this is the (laughs) this last stretch is kind of the first time where i think people feel like okay he like either truly went off the deep end or like is messing with people in a way that is like not (laughs) interesting or helpful. So, and and I feel like for the most part, that stuff hasn't really bled into his lyrics. Um, I mean, there's always been problematic stuff, but as much as I'm out on his whole thing lately, (laughs) um, and as much as that, like, I feel like this record is the first time that the, that stuff has bled into the lyrics too, where he like talks about uh-huh. MAGA and slavery and all that stuff in the songs. That's yeah. the first time that made me feel like, I don't know if I can get down with this anymore. But I mean, so I listened to some of the stream of the record, like the video thing when he first did it. And I was like, it still sounds really good. Like a lot of the songs sound good to me. And a so, couple of the songs on the album I, I do really like. But. So when you say that the, it sounds good, mm-hmm. are you talking you too the, to me. the beats? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I dig the sort of the soul yeah. 
beats and that and what he's doing there mm-hmm. i i just i just don't i, I mean, don't really care for what he's doing right. lyrically it's just yes. not i mean that's always part of it has always been that like he's always been a way stronger producer than a rapper as much as he thinks that he's like a brilliant lyricist like yeah. his producing his production has always been good and part of it is that he hires like the best producers in music or at least in hip-hop and, and electronic uh, and is that a thing anymore people don't call it electronica edm whatever EDM. edm albums um but like yeah i mean i feel like he's still he still makes great beats whoever's making the beats i think it's him to some extent he's still a really good producer so the songs themselves and the structures of the songs sound good a lot of them sound good uh, a lot of them are not great on this new one i mean there's not a lot i guess there's only seven but i mean and that's and that's one of the criticisms that i saw was that if like if you want to do a short you know um a short album cool that's right. fine that's not but i mean you, if Yeezus but, is a short album and that's a great album in my opinion but anyway. sure but this is this is 23 minutes yeah this is brief yeah and it feels like there's Weird. a lot of filler yes you're not getting to the point right you're it's it like the first song to me feels bloated and I don't know. It's, it's insane also. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a, a big chunk of the album. It's, it's like a fifth of the, of the album in terms of time. And it's, and I don't know what's going on. And, <laughs> and there are other songs on the album. I'm like, this, this is act, this is good. I yeah. like the beat, but it's not really doing much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on is how I would classify my response to Kanye and life lately. Anyway, I kind of wrap him up in the whole, like, we're in an alternate timeline of the world. He, this, this is, this is just very on brand for 2018 in <laughs> yes, general. Exactly. Maybe that's what it was is like, he, he is a perfect character for this insane moment. If you just want to synthesize <laughs> what's going on. In in 2018, it's yeah. just Kanye's got it all wrapped up. You know, Kim is meeting with <laughs> presidents, and and like yeah. I don't know even what is happening anymore. <laughs> no, I will say talking about him as a producer and making good beats, and talking about other n- new music I've been listening to. So Pusha T's new album came out, mm-hmm. and it's really good. Yeah, and he made the beats for that, and he produced it, and like so clearly he's not. I mean, he knows how to make good songs still and is like trying to do something with his own stuff that is different from like a normal album. But I love that record and you can tell that it's Kanye and and that is also kind of weirdly seven songs also. Yeah. But doesn't feel like it suffers from the structure of the new Kanye. So anyway. Well, again, speaking of, we've had a lot of, new hip-hop stuff yeah, yeah. drop black thought just dropped his new uh streams of thought volume one which is five songs right 17 minutes but classified as an ep yeah so it's yeah it's 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 obviously it's a volume one so it's going to be a right. set of albums but i mentioned this to you yesterday if when you set black thought up again this this particular album up against yay yeah 
Black Thought always has bars. Yeah. He doesn't waste. He doesn't waste airtime mm-hmm. in, in on a track. He gets. He spits it, and it's fire always. He's he's an amazing lyricist. He's always been amazing. So I I've listened to this a few times already, and it's really good. It's really good, yeah. and I hope to see more soon from him. I don't know what his release schedule is going to be for for Streams of Thought Volume Two or however many he chooses to do. But I didn't I didn't know anything about this until you told me about it. Yeah. I didn't even know that he did solo like is this his first solo record so yeah he he's i think he's starting to try and branch out and do more solo stuff with because he yeah he doesn't really do and i think he's sort of talked about wanting to do it but Mm. not really so much and he he released the best of the roots uh three years ago but other than this this is like i think one of his first ventures does he, I wonder if it's partly like a don't just consider me the Jimmy Fallon house band MC like I'm a legit. I think rapper. I think for the I think for the hip hop illiterate they might maybe that's all they know about the roots. Right. But I mean they're outside maybe and maybe that was the first introduction for a lot of people. Yeah. And and which if that's the case, wild. Which would which would be crazy, but if 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 that's what got people introduced to um black thought Tariq, and quest love and, and and the roots and their earlier stuff then then i call that a win i remember thinking when the first iteration of jimmy fallon came on like the late night or whatever and they had the roots as the house band i was like that is dope but like there's no way this will last that long like they'll <laughs> probably do this for like a few months right and now it's been what like years it's a long time it's been it's uh, been it's been we can't do that for any longer <laughs> i than... will do it every time <laughs> thank you sir because he did he, before seth my before he t- got the tonight show it was late night with jimmy fallon and that was like what 2010 2011 or I wait don't know, a long time ago yeah it was because he started on the tonight show in 2014 so he's been doing the tonight show for over four years already yeah that's weird so it's just weird that the roots are like the house band of a tv show every night it is and they're still putting out records yeah i mean they did they did music for hamilton for crying out loud <laughs> right, yeah so they're oh, yeah. i mean they're and they they put out they put out an album while that since they've been right. on yeah. the show so they're not they're not screwing around either mm-hmm so, okay, the last little bit of news in terms of, uh, before we get into some releases that we've been listening to, is something that personally really, really deeply affected me when the news broke like five years ago, and that was about Tim Lambesis from As I Lay Dying, mm-hmm. who hired a hitman to murder his wife which fortunately it was a cop and it didn't happen so and it was like he he paid like some paltry amount like it was it was a thousand dollars so when you 
like I, I know nothing about what it what hiring a hitman let me costs. tell you how it generally goes down okay how's it go what, what's the first step where do you even go to i google be, google how to murder my spouse.com backslash tim lambesis tips yep. it so a thousand dollars seems like i don't know what it would cost but that seems like not very much money. No, it doesn't seem. That that does that's it, to me. It would be like, oh, you're gonna kill somebody, <laughs> like fifty, that hundred thousand, like right. yeah, a thousand dollars. What kind of shitty hitman <laughs> right. are you trying to hire? Like a budget hitman? <laughs> it's like thirty an hour. <laughs> if you go three hours or more. Okay, let's see. I gotta. I need supplies. I need to. You know, I need to research. You know, that, like a th- that's anyway. Right, right. So. He was arrested, and he was sentenced to six years in prison. And when I when I first read this, it was like, um, I thought this was a joke. I was like, what? This can't be real. Because right. As I Lay Dying was one of my favorite bands. And say what you want about metalcore or whatever, but they I'd been listening to them since college, and I was such they were such an awesome band and so going back to separating the artist from the art right, yeah. i couldn't listen to an album That's a tough one i couldn't listen to an album by them for years and only when i was like heard that he was released from prison three years early first off he only got six years in prison yeah. for trying to murder somebody and he got and he got out in three years which seems insane to me so a thousand dollars to kill somebody serving half your sentence and the reason we're talking about this is that he's getting as i lay dying back together Hmm. and they released a little music video snippet of them I don't know. So here's the things that everybody's speculating who is playing in the band because everybody else moved on to a new band called Woven War. They all okay. were doing the new something else. And they like, we're out on this guy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay. They Got were, it. no, they're not, they weren't going to play under As They Lay Dying again. And so this like 40 second clip of these, there's all hands and instruments you saw no faces interesting and they're trying to and you you don't even see tim either you see at the end of it you see a hand reach for a microphone and that's where it ends and so this all seems very much like oh cool so we're just back to business as usual right i tried to kill my wife and cool the fans not even like let's start a new band let's just kind of pick up where we left off and i just think and everybody's like oh that's that's so and so's tattoos or that's so and so and he's like oh you can tell he has tattoos there and his hair's this long i'm like oh yeah yeah tattoos and long hair and metal band that's (laughs) totally distinguishable very distinct distinct. but everybody's like yeah that's that's definitely him that's definitely and you know i i'm having a really hard time like 100 percent getting behind this it i just i just don't know i can be like what i don't think i can just be like yeah let me just pick up the new 
as I lay dying right. album and just forget yeah. even so it's again Tim when he got out of prison he released a very fairly lengthy what seemed like a sincere sure. apology I would hope so yeah but I don't know I don't how do you like it I, there was like radio silence for me for years mm-hmm. when he and it, like listening to the music it made me really sad right so I don't know we'll see we'll see what happens Maybe. did they have like a Christian yes yeah which yeah. is extra weird <laughs> yes that was that but that was another thing is that Tim started drifting mm, it happens you drift away from the lord and <laughs> you drift you away from, yeah, from your from your walk you know you're not yeah. you're not uh you're not close with your walk with the lord and you just classic s- classic, classic just start scenario. just start murdering everybody mm. and then i'm sure i'm sure i don't know how many apologists christian apologists probably have this you just look you don't have to look too far than tim lambasis <laughs> yes, he says he's he drifted from the lord jesus okay. And this is a specific niche that this southern preacher is yeah, this, speaking to, but I like it. He's yeah, you know, the southern preacher who's like who wants to talk about the devil's music. Right. So mm. yeah, I I don't know. Maybe Interesting. we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll tour with MXPX and we can talk about it some more. Yep, that's that sounds very much in the vein of um, the 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 Venn the Venn diagram of as I lay dying and MXPX fans. Yeah, there was one of those bands that like. I knew about and a lot of my friends are super into but I never really knew about them so this has been enlightening and disturbing yeah you I mean it's again maybe I hate to say like I would really hate for the album to be really good (laughs) I was gonna say okay so what if the album comes out and it's awesome (laughs) and it's all the original guys it's it's I if it if it's all the original guys I would be so shocked and actually more disappointed in them than tim because if you're trying to just get because i also heard that he had some like ridiculous book deal planned and that just seems like meanwhile his wife and family had to go into hiding because people were giving them shit and stuff so that's that's not that's not what you want to see like it's what if all the song titles have parentheticals like, can anybody help me kill my wife? <laughs> Would you still like it? Even if it was really good? Um, yeah, if it's like, as I lay dying next to my wife. It's a bummer I'm... of a name for a band, given this circumstance. It is. It's It's not It's not great, which is why one would think, hey, let's let's try and come up with something not, <laughs> yeah, related, something not related to yeah. attempted murder. But that's... That's um that's Tim's problem now. Mm-hmm. So other than um let's let's talk about some albums that we have been excited to listen to. So other than Kanye, what <laughs> what have you what have you been listening to? Uh yeah, Kanye Push a T, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I really like the new Beach House record. Can we, can we, can we talk about rap beefs, rap beefs for a second? <laughs> can we talk about the Pusha Drake yeah. diss beef? I mean, what, what's your, what is your feeling about specificity that he's, you know, this is not like, 
you know, I got more bars. I'm, you know, <laughs> right. you're, you're, you suck. This is like really yeah. deep cuts. Right. Yeah. I will. My main takeaway is that I saw a tweet the other day that was like, when you get down to it, diss tracks are just grown men sitting in their rooms, <laughs> writing poetry about each other, <laughs> which is my main takeaway. Yeah. That's, that is, I saw that too. That is, that's so brilliant and so funny, but it, yeah, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, my main, I think Drake gets dissed a lot because it's easy to diss him, and he usually he's low hanging fruit. He's low hanging fruit. He, I mean, and he's usually really good at coming back. Like he usually wins those battles because he's like ready to to defend being soft. Because someone else things. is writing the the diss tracks Ooh, back. Ooh, dang. snap! That Andrew Drake beef coming <laughs> coming hot. At uh, me, Drake! Come on, go ahead. At me. Check those menchies. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean. I feel like Pusha T is not a guy that you want to be in a diss battle with, even if you are Drake and you often get away with it. Like, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I also think it's like they both have records out or coming out. Yeah. I'm like, that's probably a large part of it. But Also, at the end of the day, they will both be fine. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll all work out. <laughs> um, but Beach House, who does not have a diss track about anybody that I'm aware of, their, that record's really good. I like all their albums, but the new one I really like. The uh, New Churches is pretty good. Like, I, haven't, it, I haven't listened to that. It kind of borders on, like, too poppy for me. Okay. Which is kind of all their stuff, like, almost fears too hard into that. This one's I, got, like, a pop sheen on it. But. Yeah, I listened to... What was their one that came out, like... Yeah. A f- uh, few years uh, ago. Oh. Um, The first record that, like blew up was the uh you know the one. Oh, that one yeah 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 <laughs> i can't remember the name of it i can't remember either oh yeah the the bones of what you believe i think yeah i guess that's the one that that's the right. only one i didn't listen to yeah, anything the second else one. the second one's good too but yeah it's good uh what else is good you know ice age the new ice age no you should check them out i think you'd like them is it all is it a when these lame indie bands are... <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they sound kind of like early Radiohead to me. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. But, I don't know. That's it. How about you? Um, so, this uh, artist, Sudan Archives, she's like 23, and she just put out a, a um, an EP called Sync. Mm. Another... 18 minutes, six song, very brief mm. uh, release. And never heard of her. She's, I, I didn't hear, I hadn't heard of her until recently. And she came up on um, my Spotify as mm. like a, you know, check this out. And so the cover art was very striking. Mm. And so I listened to it and it was like, damn, this is, so she incorporates, um, like electronic hip hop with uh she she self-taught it violin hmm. and so she throws down on some sick violin in, in cool. like yeah and it's uh, like i i think it's really amazing i'm i think everybody should check out sudan archives the sync ep i will um and the not for sale uh song and music video that just came out it's super awesome and so uh, Black Thought, obviously, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to call out 
um, the Chicago band that was just in Chicago playing a show with Red City Radio at Subterranean. I unfortunately didn't get to go to see that show, but um, I saw that Red City Radio was coming and that they were playing with these two other bands, and I typically like to check out, like, oh, who's this? who are the opening bands? And they were two Chicago bands, which I think is really cool to mm-hmm. support the local, the local scene. And so this band called Blood People was on uh on the bill and i checked it out and they have this uh it's ep called it was a blood people ep and it's only like four songs or something and it came out two years ago so obviously i missed the boat there uh, but it is so it is so awesome so Thanks. i have a thing for if uh raspy female vocalists mm-hmm. It's it really is like this is this is it's kind of a sweet spot in terms of like that kind of punk rock mm-hmm. and um, the somebody I don't know who it was from Propagandi <sighs> who tweeted at them and like compared them to if Joan Jett was the lead singer of Baroness mm. which is like this yeah. kind of this metal band but they're really awesome so Blood People I only <laughs> laughed earlier because. Don't Google image search blood people. <laughs> a lot of weird stuff comes up. Yeah, you might need to be a little bit more like blood people band. Band? <laughs> and the only, the only other, uh, I want to mention another band that just came out with a, a new EP. Probably the best band name you'll hear um, this week. Maybe if not, at least this week is uh an ep by alex jonestown massacre now there's a band called brian jonestown massacre, yes yes so i'm assuming it says a response to that it is it is and it and so the brian jonestown massacre is its own band but this is His incorporating incorporating alex jones into the band. oh i see i see that's yes Got it. see that's the joke that's too clever for me <laughs> Are and, they like Infowars themed songs? Because um, that would be no. Something. They're they're a they're a political they're a political band. They um, like MXPs. Yes, it's <laughs> it's mostly like teenage politics. So good. Uh, they have a song uh, called "All You Fascists." Ooh. So wait, that's a Woody Guthrie song, isn't it? Is it? I'm gonna ask Google. I mean, yeah, he he uh, he has a. I thought this machine kills fascists was the Woody Guthrie. That's for sure. Woody Guthrie. It might be. Yeah. No, all you fascists bound to lose. That's oh, the, maybe, I don't know. I, I didn't, believe it's a nod. To maybe, Mr. maybe it is, but so, uh, people should check out the Alex Jonestown massacre. I mean, it's, I think they're from West Virginia. You know, it's, it's, it's for a punk EP. That's, four songs in less than 10 minutes. Um, I think it's pretty, it's pretty fun. Um, very much not a professional recording. Sure. But I only listen to seven song albums. <laughs> that's, that's your, that's, that's your, what, that's yep. the cutoff. Mm-hmm. It's seven plus seven or nothing. Or nothing. Yep. Any other, uh, anything else you want to shout out before we, uh, I will shout out Spotify for, um, 
I've been listening to MXPX so much that it's throwing off my algorithm and they're serving me Christian ads <laughs> for the first time ever. So that doesn't sound like so much of a shout out as it is a, like a bus toss. I guess so, yeah. You're, I mean, I'll be like... You're dunking on Spotify. <laughs> I've just been like jamming so hard to life in general this past couple of weeks, feeling psyched. And then it'll be like, <laughs> do you need to worship more closely or whatever? And I'm like, what's happening? This, um, so you, are you getting like Christian mingle ads or I don't, yeah, not mingle yet, but weird stuff. Getting like the wow, the, yeah, like that the, kind of thing. The wow mixes from Which makes the nineties. Kind of bummed for MXPX for whatever like lists they're on. But can I tell a really quick Spotify algorithm story yeah. before we move on? Uh, those those are the hottest stories I want to hear. So my wife and I share an account, and uh, my kid loves Christmas Monkey. Obviously, the. What? <laughs> I have no It's a seven-song EP by a Chicago underground artist. No, it's not. <laughs> Christmas Monkey is the Curious George Christmas movie. Oh, my and, God. Uh, <laughs> it's very popular in our house. He it's, loves... It's June. Why are you listening to a <laughs> oh, Christmas Monkey? It is Christmas Monkey season 24-7 <laughs> in our house. My kid loves Christmas. He loves monkeys, and it's a perfect blend of the two. And uh, so anyway, Christmas Monkey, popular track in our house. And uh, this was when Kendrick Lamar's... <laughs> damn came out and okay. i was like bumping it like driving i was like driving fast feeling cool again like not like a dad and uh just like really into it and then all of a sudden <laughs> it's like in the middle of some like explosive track and then it switches to christmas monkey christmas monkey because my wife had turned it on with our kid and i was like nothing makes you feel lamer than going from like yeah I'm, I'm, i still know what's going on on, the, on those streets uh to to christmas monkey so anyway shout out spotify <laughs> Yeah, I I too have, I've I've lost count how many times I've listened to this album in the yeah. past. Um, when did we? Was it two weeks ago that we I think so. yeah. we did? So I don't know. Do you have premium? Well, so I get served the ads on the one that I listen to that I don't share with my wife. That okay. one is premium that I okay. share with her. But okay, so I mean, I have, I don't know. I get daily mixes. I get oh, yeah. six different daily mixes. I don't know if that's a premium thing or not. I've... I think so, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so um it hasn't it hasn't thrown off my uh my algorithm just as of yet with my okay. my punk rock my punk rock daily mixes. Still okay. got the um I mean I got this one looks like well I got doing time at, at mm. track two. Mm-hmm. Um sandwich between Frenzel Rom and Propagandi. Oh man, Frenzel Rom. Not thought about them in a long time, dude. I Frenzel Rom. For those who haven't listened to Frenzel Rom, they're uh, Australian, right? Yeah, yeah, they're. I think they're. They're. I don't think they're. New, I think they're from Australia, not New Zealand. Same um, difference. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Um, they. Yeah. If if you haven't listened to Frenzel Rom, I I highly highly recommend you check them out. It's uh, F R E. N Z A L R H O M B. It's a very it's a very weird band name. And it was one of those band names where I'm like, I need to listen to an interview with them so I can hear uh, somebody else. See, I've been saying Rome all these years. Yeah. Like a I, dummy. Like an idiot. You're like a like a poser. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So Okay, sorry. <laughs> we're we're on a very tight schedule here, John. Let's mm-hmm. not let's not fuck around too much. So um so it's June. Mm-hmm. We 
finally crossed over into um, what is supposed to be the warmer months mm. of uh, of the Midwest, but we're still getting some some chilly days. It was like 55 on Friday. Right. So, but June is Pride Month. So happy Pride to everybody. I hope everybody has a wonderful month of celebration and can feel loved and embraced by their family, friends, and community. Mm -hmm. And um, what a a perfect time for the um, chair of the... Wait, who is she the... No, she's... No, yeah, the the chair of the Northwest Conference of the Covenant Church to send out a letter to... Um, the presidents of the Covenant Church to the Northwest Conference board members and other superintendents to talk about how they feel out of harmony Mm. with a Covenant Church in Minneapolis that is trying to be inclusive and wants to be affirming of the LGBTQ community. So happy Pride Month from the Covenant yeah. Church. Mm-hmm. Just another solid choice. Yeah, we should say we we both have ties to this denomination, the Evangelical Covenant Church. Yeah, uh, we talked we talked about we this. Talk about we it. talked about it in the in the teenage politics episode. If you didn't listen to that and you want to hear a little bit more about the uh, Evangelical Covenant Church. And us complaining and, about that. And us complaining about how they are um making every possible worst choice um they the uh first coming church in minneapolis just released this document um with this letter and how they um the these people and these pastors who all signed on to this document saying how upset they are that um the minneapolis first covenant minneapolis would even be so bold as to talk about just talking about just right? talking about it yeah, what is happening this is this is to say, to use the phrase again this is very just very on brand for the covenant church it's like let's let's get rid of judy peterson let's somebody who's lovely and zero people have any problems with but you know she likes gay people so let's just double triple quadruple down and i just seeing this the other day when you tweeted it i just think i don't know i don't know how this this denomination is going to survive but i'm very excited to see what happens at the annual meeting in minneapolis this this summer um, and we, we don't need to belabor this, but um, if you have any thoughts or if you just want to. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, if you're the Dolores Umbridge of <laughs> denominations, I don't think it's we a good think your life. Yeah. And uh, I just, yeah, thinking about the time and energy wasted on, well, well, well we've all met about how naughty you've been and uh but but not even 
going to them, but like writing right, this yeah, passive yeah. aggressive letter. Right. All these pastors got together and they said you were no good and now we're sending you a letter. Like everything about it is just gross. And yeah. like what could the church have been doing with that time and that energy and these weird meetings they've apparently been having. But you better, John, you better not say they don't love gay people. Yeah, you better not. You better love not. them so much. Love them so much. I just don't want them to be loved or have love or experience love. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't love them. You are all so full of shit. <laughs> I'm so done with all of you. However, we both grew up in this denomination, and somehow we came out of this being pro LGBTQ and embracing that community and not and not being horrible Dolores Umbridges about the whole thing. <laughs> so, but I mean, we did talk about like how we weren't always there. Um, did your church actively preach against? homosexuality well, growing up so i touched on this a little in i think our first pod but like so i grew up episcopalian and then i was like nominally covenant right via my high school and then the college that we both went to but i didn't really i mean so the episcopal church is affirming but like i was attending at a weird time for them too when they were splitting and um so from from that perspective from my church i wasn't hearing um anything non-affirming but then i would hear rumblings of that like at school and in the bible classes that i had to take and stuff and i feel like i always whether it was from my church or my parents or whatever like i always just felt like i can't do the uh theological acrobatics to make uh something go against what I feel like in my heart, you know, like I just, right. I always knew that that was not, it just didn't feel, it didn't make any sense in the same way that I didn't feel like it made any sense that God would create people and send them to hell. Like it just doesn't, it never clicked in my mind. And so I guess the closest I came to that was like being in class sometimes with teachers and, and other students who would feel like they said, you know, the important thing is you have to, you can't bring your personal, you know, experience and perspective to the word of God. You have to just submit to it and do, you know, whatever it says. And it's pretty clear about this issue, which like at the time I remember struggling with a little bit, but it didn't take long to, cause I was a theology major in college to be like, but there's so many issues that you yeah. could like apply this to and it's not clear at all no like, it's like many it is, issues are not clear no they 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 try and make it a slam dunk issue right and it it's really not because as much as they would like to say let's you can't bring your own preconceived notions or feelings to the text i mean they are 100 percent taking right. that 21st century understanding yeah, about yeah what homosexuality is and laying that over over Leviticus mm -hmm. and and other passages it's like seven verses right isn't that yeah. what they always say yeah there's in the whole bible in verses the whole. there's a million about a million other topics yeah. yeah you know more there's more about loving yeah. people and and the and the poor and 
than than there is about about this issue. So it just seems like the more they're putting more emphasis on the least number of verses. Yeah. What about your experience? Um so I I did grow up in the covenant and it fortunately I I you know I attended some I would say conservative certainly not liberal or progressive by any stretch but I would so I would say probably somewhere in the in the more moderate um covenant churches and it was never fortunately it was never very much it was not talked about from uh from the pulpit or even mm-hmm. in youth group we barely talked about sex to begin with right. um i mean fortunately it i already had enough sex shame going yeah. on as a christian right. that i didn't need something something else to be mm-hmm. <laughs> to be burdened by um but it, i think it was just one of those I think I just felt like this is sort of understood that Mm -hmm. maybe this isn't the best thing or, but I, I didn't, I was not preoccupied with it. I had one other conservative issue that I was far more preoccupied with. And that was abortion, Mm, which I'm for. Abortion is mean. It is mean. I was that guy wearing the abortion is mean patch on my backpack in high school. And I cringe (laughs) now thinking about um, distilling everything down about the issue of abortion into such a stupid patch that I thought like I was clever and that this was and but anyway I was not clever it was I was ill-informed and and I thought about it in a very black and white issue is a very black and white issue um, if only we could all go back and look at our backpack patches and how dumb they would probably be. <laughs> yeah, who who did you have on your backpack? What were well, some of your patches? I can't remember if I told this story on the pod or not, but I did have an anti-flag button on my backpack for like years oh, and years. so punk rock. <laughs> so punk. And I moved to D.C. for a while after college, and I was at Reagan Airport, you know, probably next to like whatever lobbyists or hill staffers <laughs> or something. And this guy behind me who was like not a punk rocker was like anti-flag what's that mean <laughs> i was like it's a band <laughs> it was like that's it just a band i was like yeah <laughs> just like wanted to leave it there but i could tell he was not satisfied with that uh response that's the main memory i have about buttons <laughs> i had a, a, a Did, you should have um you should have responded him. you should have responded with the uh with the anti-flag song anti-flag that doesn't mean anti the <laughs> yeah. american flag does it I forgot about that. Right on. <laughs> I should have, yeah. I should have launched into Red, White, and Brainwashed and <laughs> shown him the business. But That's right. Uh, the other memory I have is a, like a, you know, a circle with a line through it with a swastika. Yeah. Which like 20 years ago when I was wearing it was like, this is a little bit of a problem, but like it's not dominating the headlines. Whereas now I feel like wearing a badge with that on it would actually like stand for something more significant. Yeah, it but, was a, it was a, you know, I felt like there was like ska against racism oh, back yeah. in the day. Like, it's it seemed like a pretty you know the like the the image of like the stick person throwing the swastika right, right, in right. the garbage can. I definitely had something like 
one of those albums that was released. I think mm-hmm. maybe one of those stickers. I think I actually might have it on one of my old guitars. But um, yeah, it was a pretty safe position to hold yeah, to right. be anti-Nazi. <laughs> yeah. And I would think... What an antiquated notion. <laughs> no, but like to even be like, that's even a conversation that right. we need to be like, or is it because we now have more we have so many legitimate white supremacists mm-hmm. running for political office in 2018 yeah, like right now yeah. it's we have nice. somebody in our state right now right. running for office mm-hmm. and he's and people are just openly being like yeah i'm a white supremacist we have a guy who's running for office who's a pedophile yeah. i don't even know what's happening yeah, anymore what's happening i don't even know so, um, what were we talking about? Gay people? <laughs> yeah, talking about how you came to it. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, after that, um, and they just, uh, you know, I got off that exit. Let me get back on the on-ramp here, too. So, uh, I don't really have one of those firm memories of, like, I feel like it just became less and less clear. I think... Um, like as a like a very clear issue it wasn't like oh uh, this is you know we need to be we're christian we need to be against gay people i think once i came to north park where we went to college and i started meeting gay people Mm -hmm. um funny how that makes the difference yeah that's it's so strange how you uh humanize (laughs) somebody and then you can't hate them as easily and i I wouldn't even say i hated them i just i just and I had this conversation with somebody at work uh, the other day about how, as as a pejorative back in high school, how you'd be like, oh, it's so gay. Mm-hmm. And I was totally guilty mm-hmm. of doing that. And now it just seems yeah. like such an, an it, again, antiquated mm-hmm. to be able to call something gay, right. to say something's flaming or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I very quickly stopped doing that in in college but i i think so into my 20s it became like oh yeah this is i'm very much moving into the open and affirming position and for a little while the church that dana and i my wife dana and i were going to um was trying to have that conversation about how do we feel about gay people? Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where I'm like, you guys, yeah. can we just not right. talk about gay people as like if it's the, a position? Like it, yeah, <laughs> this is this is a human being. Right, They're right. like people, gay people in the congregation. Yeah. It's like, yeah. can we talk about whether or not they're human beings? Right. Yeah. And I some so for years now I've been like, nope, I'm over any conversation i mean i I haven't been i haven't gone to church in a long time now but just like i want my baseline to be it's not a choice Mm. we don't need to talk about whether or not they are allowed to exist and be welcome someplace if you can't start there yeah then there's not going to be a conversation right so this is again the covenant could be spending any Mm. number of uh, of doing any number of things to support their local congregations and instead they're sending out 
shitty passive aggressive letters and firing campus pastors because of this issue. Right. So um, I'm, I for one, am just thrilled to not have anything to do with them anymore yeah. because um, they can't stop. They're just a nonstop bad idea machine right now. Yeah. So luck with all that good luck with all of that so john i think we are at the one hour mark um i think we should take a break and then when we come back we dive head first into life in general the 19 96 Six. 1996 yeah. i was gonna say 95 but that was <clears throat> teenage politics 1996 release life in general i can't wait so ready so ready let's born for this we are back and we are talking life in general john can you can you believe it third episode this is i mean i've been since we started i was this is the album that i was super excited about and i know from previous conversations that you know i mean we might have some conflicting opinions overall Mm. opinions on this album Mm. controversy (laughs) controversy um but let's just start with before we get into our feelings about and our and, I love getting into my feelings. <laughs> you know, I know that emotion is your middle name. So um so let's let's talk about let's just talk about the first the first thing that you would see when picking up this album oh, and that is the artwork. I had that poster in my room. 100%. You had the you had the life in general. So mm-hmm. um the cover is a jock i mean it's an iconic album cover it's a jock with a punk rocker in an arm lock in a headlock rather holding holding him in a headlock with doing he was like flexing his muscle a guy in a trash can and what i can only assume is a principal coming into the locker room Mm. and and chastising the jock for harming this poor punk rock kid um and this jock with a unibrow mm, and a mullet <laughs> and he's rocking a mullet. He he's classic jock, a B letter jacket, which I would assume meant Bremerton. I would just, and I've never been able to try and figure out like what his shirt. Yeah. You can point. see hmm. looks, what looks like an I X E and then R T. Hmm. So I don't know yeah. what that would be. Um, Tweet us your theories. Yeah. If anybody has any theories, uh, so art done, by Coop, mm-hmm. as you can see under the the uh, the uh, the punk's mm-hmm. um, right leg. Um, so I I didn't know anything about Coop back in the day, but evidently for some churches this was sort of a controversial thing because mm. he did like he was first of all he was a satanist okay <laughs> and he's known oh, for do, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing like he's like does hot rod right. stuff he he does like a lot of kind of soft core <laughs> like um 
images like devil women, like lots and lots of topless <laughs> devil women. Mm-hmm. That's kind of his, it's his deal. It's kind of his deal. And I mean, Looking this is at a picture of Frankenstein grinding on the bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> this is so this is not anything. This art is not anything like mm-hmm. uh, any of that. But I think probably a Christian band even associating with somebody, mm-hmm. somebody like that was enough for some churches to maybe have a little pause. Uh, but I also read an interview that he at some point stopped because he was a well-known artist. He stopped working with bands because the labels would make money off the profits of selling the artwork and, Mm. and as opposed to like just using it for the, for the band or whatever. So that's, that's too bad. Cause I know he's done like some, he's worked I think he's done like some stuff with like bad religion. Yeah. And I feel like I remember his other He's done like I yeah, his 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 style is mm-hmm. very uh is very unique and you can and you can spot it. But so this album was produced by Steve Kravak, who mm-hmm. ended up doing he, Slowly. Right? He yeah, he did Slowly Go in the Way of the Buffalo and I think he also worked on he worked it's like a long list. Yeah, he. I mean, he's he's worked with a ton of bands, but I think he also went on to do work maybe on the Ever Passing Moment or before mm. everything after. He he stayed with them. He stayed with them for a little bit, but before he even did Life in General, uh, he did Blink One Eighty Two, Ten Foot Pole, Gutter Mouth, Ten Foot Pole. Wow. Ten foot pole. Man, I was I was into awesome. yeah, I was into them in high school for sure. So. Very much a punk rock guy. Yeah. Less than Jake. Seven yeah, seconds. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like after, so he after this album, he went on to do a bunch of Tooth and Nail bands: Value Pack, Slick Shoes, Goaty Hook. Um, which by the us, by the way, I did back in high school had the Banana Man. Oh, I had the Banana. I had all of the uh, the Goaty Hook, but I had the I had the Goaty Hook um, patch, patch on my backpack. I'm, yeah, I had a button for sure. I must yeah. have. Yeah, I had I had a whole bunch of Goaty Hook uh, gear. So this guy very solidly in the yeah. tooth and nail family, the punk rock family, and that he was gonna do right. He was gonna do right by by them. Did you have you have you had a chance to look through this the the booklet or anything? It's been a while in, in recent years. It's so been. <laughs> it's been it's. It's so he's he's listed as a drum tech on here as well. Hmm. So drums sound real good. I mean, they do sound really good. We'll get into the details of the music once we start covering the songs, but my understanding about drum techs is it's not just the drum sound and setting up the the drum gear, but don't drum techs sometimes fill in for drummers isn't that like sounds right like when you go on the road like if there's like a a a band that needs someone to fill in for a night you have the guitar tech or the drum tech fill in sure so does that mean that there are some songs where steve is yeah on the kit could be let's get him on the pod let's get him on the pod well hey steve i know you're listening is he still produced do we know 
I wonder. I think yeah, you should look that up while I mm-hmm. while I talk about um, the first single. Well, actually, before before I talk about the the first single, I I was trying to do some research on where or how many albums they this this sold. The only thing I could find was how many albums they sold of Life in General before Slowly Way Going the Way of the Buffalo came out. And I haven't I wasn't able to find like to date how how many albums they sold. Because I imagine this being probably one of the bigger bigger albums that they've done. I think I thought that too. And then I looked it up and that wasn't really the case. Like I think the next few sold a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they both, the, um, slowly going the way of the Buffalo went gold, Hmm. which is, which is kind of crazy to me. That was their first, that was on A&M. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so that, that was the first album that went gold. And so I thought, I thought for sure this, but I couldn't find, but what I did find was, the charting position, uh, the Billboard charts for Christian albums, mm. and that Life in General for this for this album, MXPX peaked at sixteen, okay. and only only had seven weeks mm. on the chart. And up I mean, against, back then, that might have been like a big deal. I don't know. For I mean, when you look at what else is. On the chart, yeah, I mean, they're got? very clearly the only punk band on there. Yeah. But when you look at who charted above them, DC Talks, Jesus Freak. Avi. Enormous mm-hmm. album. 59 weeks wow. on the charts. A whole year. So in, in this, so what? what is crazy to me, um, so Jesus Freak by DC Talk mm-hmm. and Jars of Clay. Yeah, right. 80, that makes sense. 84 weeks. <laughs> a lot of weeks. That first that, flood? That, that, yeah, that the that first album like, that had flood. Through all of the 90s flood, the, I feel like. Oh, oh my gosh. That album in in our for our generation when mm-hmm. that album came out. It's a big one. Every dude who played acoustic mm-hmm. guitar at a Christian college mm-hmm. was playing Jars of Clay. But these both of these albums had already been out for a full year right. before, and they were still crushing mm-hmm. in terms of uh, total sales and. What was and, number one? Um, th- th- that this particular week, it was uh, Kirk Franklin and the family. Okay. okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so they were handily being. Um, destroyed by mm. other uh, CCM contemporary Christian music artists. Mm. So did you what would you find out about our boy Here's our the deal boy with Steve Kravak. Yeah. In 2013, he opened a new studio called Hell's Half Acre. Okay. In LA and uh they's worked with Jenny and 7 Seconds. Uh I feel like Jenny sounds vaguely familiar. Calgary-based folk punk band. 7 Seconds obviously. Yeah, right. So I guess that's cool. He's still doing his thing. He's still working with some punk bands. Way to go, Steve. Steve, uh, hit us up. <laughs> we'll have you on the pod. Yeah, man. Um, one thing I was going to say, like, so what I think I have this right, that like, okay, so we talked about this a little in the last episode that 
this was our first, well, teenage politics was our first entry point. Right. But I got it because I was excited about life in general coming out because the chick magnet video had come out like the single came out and I was excited about MXPX. And my understanding is that A&M signed them after chick magnet had came out and then like took over the distribution. And so they ended up selling way more of life in politics at, or I'm sorry, of life in general after slowly came out. Like in retrospect, hmm. people went okay. back because they started picking them up after that. So it makes sense that like Chick Magnet was this defining moment for them. Like that's when they got signed. That's when I heard about them. That's like such an iconic song for them. Okay. So let's talk about Chick Magnet for a second because life in general marks a huge departure in tone for the band there are save a couple passing moments in in the album there are not as many references to god Mm-mm. or jesus like i don't think jesus by name Mm-mm. is called out no. in this album nobody's a, talking to jesus all day long on this one no definitely not there's he like I can think of off the top of my head. There's only one song, "Do Your Feet Hurt," that I can think of. There's for sure like other references, but maybe not like explicit. Yeah, I mean, also no politics on this one. No, I mean that's... again references, but not. This was what. Yeah, we'll get into it. But like, even at the time, because I had listened to Teenage Politics a lot before this one came out, I was a little disappointed that like they had pumped the brakes on the like politics lyrics a little bit. Right. And I feel like I, so yeah, we talked about this, like, I feel like we both, I think we both feel that this is MXPX like at their zenith in terms of. That, yeah, yeah. 90, 97, 96, 97, 98, they are really getting into a groove of songwriting uh playing their we'll talk song specific but yuri on this album mm-hmm. the musicianship from and the overall sound engineering production yeah everything from teenage politics to this album you can't even compare the increase in yeah overall quality and musicianship i'm consistently blown away by how amazing yuri is on this album considering he's such still they're still such young dudes Mm -hmm. at this point but i wanted to talk about um chick magnet as the first single because coming from you know that that it's like i don't think about chick magnet as being the most accessible song Mm. on the album sure i think that there could be you know maybe move to bremerton Mm -hmm. would be a far more accessible album to to start off with but that was that jazzy bass intro though come on man it's i mean they they all well 
they ultimately, I mean, Move to Bremerton was the second um, single they went with and then Doing Time. But, I mean, I think they, I honestly feel like they could have flipped those mm-hmm. because I, th- I think that Chick Magnet was a risk considering this is a Christian band. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of a statement. They're, it is a statement. They're like, we're talking about talking about chicks now. We're talking about chicks. <laughs> We're talking about a dude who is drawing the chicks. This is groundbreaking stuff. I mean, this is you can't help but now think I just thought about this. Oh my gosh, I just thought about this right now. John, uh-huh. I don't even know if I should say it cuz I don't know if I want to ruin this song for uh-uh. you. Uh-uh. Is it a, a me too song now? <laughs> well, I just can't help but think about the Access Hollywood tape where Trump's like, you know, women, they're automatically attracted to me. I'm like a magnet. They just, that's true, yeah. Oh, gosh. Maybe at their shows now they make reference to that. That'd yeah. be good. I, yeah, Play a little just, clip. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, no. That's pretty rough. Maybe he was talking about Trump the whole time. He does have his <laughs> he, hair pumped as tight as can be. No. No? <laughs> Trump's hair is hardly... Something else. It's, there's, there's, no, there's no pomp. Yeah, there's no. it's 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 hardly even a quaff. I don't <laughs> even know what it is. Yeah, it, he does not have style. No, and no, it's not plain to see. No, can okay. We need to. We're we not we don't want to besmirch the good name of MXPX <laughs> yeah, yeah, by good call though by but yeah that I just made that that thought had that thought for the first time and it and it's ruining a lot of things. So, um, so a lot of these songs we some of the demos we would hear some of the the first workings of some of these songs later on let it happen the kind of the first iterations of the songs and so chick magnet moved to bremerton there's some different elements that on this album you can hear because they were they i don't think they were done with steve kravak and if if he had, I would assume when you're a producer, if he had anything to do with how the songs were laid out and 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 some of the melodies, and mm. I think we ended up with if if the Let It Happen versions mm. of a lot of these songs ended up on the album, yeah, we would have been shortchanged. I think yeah. we got the absolute finest yeah. of versions of those of those songs it definitely yeah the demos definitely are a little scruffier in the way that teenage politics was yeah um so one of the one other thing that i wanted to talk about in the liner notes so in the liner notes they call out a whole bunch of different people um brandon ebel who's the first person they mm-hmm. think and tooth we'll, and nail dude yeah tooth and nail the founder of tooth and nail records we can we'll get into tooth and nail and brand uh and brandon more in mm-hmm. depth on the next episode for sure. slowly going the way of the buffalo um but they call out a bunch of bands in here 90 pound wuss a Another tooth nail band, Stave mm-hmm. Zaker, mm-hmm. tooth nail band, uh, Dance Hall Crashers. Oh yeah, wow! And then Blink 
187. Is that what it says? Blink 187. I, I do remember that. And, now. you know, <laughs> which is kind of crazy because Steve Kravak actually had worked with he did Blink. Cheshire Cat, right? With, with, yeah, he did Cheshire Cat and he worked with Blink 182. So I think that. I think they toured together at this point. Maybe that came later. I don't. So I don't know if this is just an example of yeah. some copywriter sure. just completely blowing it. It's definitely but, before they were huge, though, too. So it could have been sure. Yeah, but I, I just think it was. It's <laughs> considering, considering, Steve <laughs> had worked with Blink One Eighty Two, and and his name is on this project. Yeah. I think it's really funny, and. Um, so I just wanted to call that out. Um, so do you want to get into get into, into any, anything else that you want to say before we get into it? Before I feel like, I mean, maybe this is more of a closing thoughts thing, but part of what you were referencing with like potential disagreement is like, even though I consider this kind of the zenith of their songwriting and production, like I recognize that those things are more sophisticated on this record than the previous ones. But I think teenage politics still remains my favorite after listening to life in general a lot recently. Wow. Um, although life okay. in general is the one that did make Rolling Stones 50 greatest pop punk albums. I saw that when I was looking stuff up about it. That's did you, uh, where, where in the lineup did it fall? I didn't do that much research, so I don't know the answer to that, but <laughs> I bet I'm guessing there's some not great company in that list, uh, but probably also some really good stuff too. But I feel like if any album of theirs makes a list like that, it's this one. You know what I mean? Like this is kind of the iconic MXPX album, at least for people who were really into them when we were into them. So is it, um, it was a like best pop, pop punk, punk of all time. I'm assuming like starting in the 1920s. Oh yeah. In the 1920s. What? Just kidding. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I'm like, like, who am I, who am I missing here? Depending on when it starts, there could be some real bummers on this list, but if they're considering, well, this was 2017 that this list came out. I mean, Rolling Stone is a joke, but I still like, that's a, that's a, that's a, can we good distinct, can we also talk for a second about websites that put slides, gotta get them clicks in lists that drives me crazy you gotta get those personal views i i hate it i hate it so much i'm not oh they have they have good charlotte on here at number this is what f- i'm saying at number 46 yeah this is this would definitely Stiller, sorry right. yeah we'll have there's a lag wagon i mean there's wagon. there's definitely yeah. some uh yeah. there's definitely some bouncing souls some good mm-hmm. company screeching weasel yeah yellow card see this is what i'm saying uh, this is post are being heavily invested in the scene yeah yeah but this i mean they it's are list. yeah this is this is this looks like a pretty pretty uh simple plan you know there's no way that simple plan is better than th- through being cool by saves the day there's yeah, just correct <laughs> or anything by pennywise i mean that's just yep. That's a weird list. Rolling yeah. Stone is weird. Doesn't Rolling, matter. Yeah. The point is, Ro- Rolling Stone is weird. MXPX is on there. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, that's and worth and worth mentioning. Okay. Oh, there it is. Number twenty-seven. All right. Not bad. Not Pretty bad. Good. Yeah. So, all right. Let's um. Yeah. Let's let's hop into. Let's do it. Um, the first track, on uh, life in general, 
middle name. Emotion is my middle name. They have been less than but have thoughts into my head. But if I can't stand the hurting words you said, why won't you validate when I tell you? Gosh, that that song. Anytime you start that song with those palm muted power chords, it's, it's just it's a good feeling. So let's talk. Let's talk about emotions. <laughs> let's talk about emotions. I mean, we can get into our our three favorites from this record. Yes. Which maybe we just talk about it as we as we go through the album and we can name them. Yes. Or unless you want to do them now. Um, well, let me pull up my. Let me pull up my list and see. I'll uh, I will name them. I will name them as as we go as we get there. Right. Because let's be fair, distilling this album down to three songs, it's tough. It's, tough one. it's really tough. And and I could almost exchange any one of these songs yeah, at agree. any given point yeah. for another one. So, however, this, this is not the. This is not the definitive, like, only favorites yeah, list, yeah. but... Cosine. Um, so, let's... Uh, what were you, so, well, you going to say about yeah. the... So, middle name is number two of my three. Okay. And I th- it took me a while to arrive at that, but I think... I mean, so, it's interesting that before Emo truly went mainstream, we have the first line of this album, <laughs> Emotion yeah. is my middle name. Sure. Like, an, a sort of Emo declarative statement. Um but it's such a good opener. It's like you were saying, those those opening chords are iconic. They get you excited. It's melodic and there's harmonies, but it's also solidly punk. Like it right. feels like punk in line with their previous albums. And it kind of sets the tone for the whole record. So for me, it's just like, yeah, I really love this song. So I'm thinking, so when I, th- I think about early, um, early emo, I think bands like Texas is the reason. Mm-hmm. That's like, I don't even know if there's waves of emo, but I feel like there's that first wave of that stuff. And this is, yeah, I think when people think about early emo, like sunny day, real estate, mm-hmm. promise R- ring, rates of spring. Yeah. Hey, uh, Mercedes yeah. jets to Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Those get up kids. Mm-hmm. Even, even I would argue even Jimmy eat world. Yeah. If you if you listen to like their earlier stuff. their earlier stuff like Clarity, that is such that is a solid solid record. Yeah. But uh Appleseed Cast, but th- these are not like when people think of emo, they mm-hmm. think their mind goes immediately to something like um Dashboard Confessional yeah. or something like stuff that. Stuff that blew up in like 2000. Yeah. Of. But some of these early 90s mid 90s bands that they, they, it was actually more punk rock with um, more emotive mm-hmm. and uh, 
the lyrics were just more connected to emotions than than just being like you know fuck the government right. or um, which is kind of like what teenage or, politics was sure yeah and so this this sort of emotion is my middle name i think this is this it it's it comes i mean some of these songs on this album do have a cheese factor yeah. uh but i don't know i think this this song sort of strikes me as being less less yeah. cheese than yeah. some others but but also this song is one of their now classic live show songs mm-hmm. yeah. because of the sort of call and response to at the show right. when you when they get everybody to scream at the show. And then before the last one, they'll yeah. do that whole break where they kind of yeah. talk through some stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. So great, great song. Good one. Um, Good one, guys. Nailed it. So now, next song that would not be endorsed by Jordan B. Peterson. My mom anyway. still my mom still cleans my room. Got to keep that room clean, guys. It's one of the 12, 12 steps for success and living a great life and not being an incel and and not and not you know having women control you. Guys, come on, get it together. Yeah, clean that room. You know, stand up straight. So we we just lost the all important Jordan Dance. B. Peterson fans. Peace. Sorry guys, uh, my mom still cleans my room. I think it's worth mentioning that I, in the last podcast, we talked about some of the themes going on in teenage politics, mm-hmm. and there are some newer themes in this album that didn't really come up on teenage politics. Do tell. But, so, some of them, there are still some crossover this one still has those elements of the ever the ever present no one understands mike (laughs) and i mean very much to a point where it says you don't understand me and it's true uh but in addition to the still the the growing up parts of they're still they were like 21 they're still um so they they were no i think they were 20 
Oh, okay. Because they were born in 1970. I think they were born in 76. So well, their they, social security number. <laughs> well, they're they're well, they have they have their birth certificates <laughs> in weird. this album. It's a weird move. Yeah, it's uh. So yeah, they were born. Um, certificate of birth mm-hmm. for Tom Wisniewski, October twentieth, nineteen seventy-six. Yeah, yeah, it's a twenty. Yeah. So this, but. So growing up, no one understands Mike, but the but also still heartbreak, love, girls. But some of the other the another uh, theme that really wasn't present was touring. Hmm. So you get some of your first classic. Mm. If you're in a punk band, yeah. You need to have your touring song. Yeah. You need to have your on the road song. Mm-hmm. You need to have your struggling in your van song. So you have some of that. Um, so we will we'll get to some of those. But um, what are your thoughts? My mom still cleans my room. Real good. <laughs> I like it. Is it on your? Is it? Not, didn't make my list. Didn't make your list. Did not. But again, could have easily. For sure. Yeah. Um, the. The bass work, the mm. drums on those on the song, yeah, very. I, really, I feel like it goes without saying, but the bass parts are just real good across this record. Yep, crushing it. Okay, um, now on to "Do Your Feet Hurt," uh, mm. which I have some one. controversial opinions. Mm. Can I call you sweetheart? Or even if I had your number, you'd be getting a book Can I leave you a message on your machine? Letting you know that you're the bomb and you blew up on I think it should be noted that when I first met Dana, my now wife, when I was 19 years old, mm-hmm. I played this song to her thinking it, was, thinking it was a sweet, emotional love song that would translate to like, hey, you, can I call you sweetheart? <laughs> You know, I've been thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Oh, got you on my mind. And now when I listen to it as a 34-year-old man, <laughs> it's, a weird. it's it's not, it's one of the cheesier songs on this record. Yeah. Mike admits it. He had, he said in the live stream for the Kickstarter that he had said that this, Fans love it. The lyrics are a little cheesy, mm-hmm. and it's true because we didn't even get to the lyrics that talk about taking a ride on his Vespa, <laughs> yeah. climb up to her window, read her a poem, 
And Isn't there a picture of Mike riding around a Vespa? Yes, yeah. yes, there is. Nice. He's rocking his Vespa. It's pretty sweet. It's a pretty sick ride. I, I mean, really I wouldn't a Vespa at this point in my life. One hundred percent. So then the line says, "I know that you believe in the one true God above," which is, t- I think, <laughs> the only one part time in the album that they yeah. make some sort of declarative Christian statement mm-hmm. that outright. But he also says, and that's why you're waiting for your one and only love. This not so veiled statement about true love waits. True love waits to bone. <laughs> that was the full title of the campaign, and then they decided at the last minute to drop the last two words. <laughs> um, it's but like yeah, for for a kid like me when I first heard this album. I guess when I was uh, maybe 13, 14, mm-hmm. something like that, maybe. Um, and I was very much in the, like, definitely not going to yeah. have sex till I'm married. Um, I, I do, I am curious what the guys would think about that line now. Yeah. Does it make you feel things? <laughs> Because I mean, it, it really does make me... F- well, the- emotion is my middle name, so I feel <laughs> a lot of things. But, no, this this definitely falls into the does this hold up yeah. category. Of this, like, these lines... Kind of a bummer. <laughs> these two lines, for me, every time it... Because then it gets to the... the slow... Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I know that... <laughs> Content, <laughs> content aside, um, like it's just kind of jarring song structure wise to yeah. be like one true God. It just feels very like, oh, whoa, where are we now? Yeah. Um, but you know, still a good song. Side note, did you know this song is supposedly about one of our college friends' sister? What? <laughs> Who? I'm not going to name any names. It wasn't a good friend. Okay, John, let's let's just <laughs> should confer off mic. We'll talk about this later. Okay, but it's it, this it was is blowing my mind. <laughs> it was more of an acquaintance. He was a little older, but he told us he's from the Seattle area that Mike wrote this song about his sister. No, when he was on tour or something, and they hung out and they watched "Say Anything" together which is the reference to Step Around the Broken Glass, because that's from that movie. Um, and there was some other stuff. But anyway, that's that's my that's my one shout-out. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. <laughs> I'll, name names, I'll name names later. Oh, gosh. I can't wait. Okay. So, next song, Sometimes You Have to Ask Yourself. Mm. Solid jam music-wise. But let's get into the lyrics after we take a little listen. Never quite just knew how to get it through the utilitarian, sloganarian mind. And it's time to stand up and redefine the light right now. Compartmentalizing isn't realizing Because it's not affecting change in the real world 
been listening to this album for more than 20 years i still have no idea what that song is even about well guess what it's my number one of my three favorites what (laughs) and so are you are you offended that in my in my um description of the song Mm -hmm. that i called it a pseudo intellectual word salad. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Let me say it. so. I never have thought about it particularly as like this is my favorite song on the record. But when I was going through it, like you're saying, it's tough. There's a lot of songs I really like, especially in the first like whatever six or seven. A lot of strong contenders, and I think just re- listening to it through again, I was like, this is my favorite one. Wow. I think it's because there's all these weird little movements and sections within the song. It goes in so many different little directions every time they like hit a new one i'm super in and lyrically i mean this is another one of those i'm not totally sure what he's talking about but it sounds vaguely justicey so i'm into it (laughs) songs so Um, in terms of we got some strong contenders for mike's vocab corner no no there's there is a i have my one my one mike's vocab corner uh, word on here is sloganarian. Sloganarian. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a a sloganeer mm-hmm. is it's typically somebody in like a some sort of political um, realm coming up with words or concepts that sound that you can that you can get behind. I I, I think of. Um, that the guy from the Bush campaign, oh, what was his name? Um, speech writer? No, he wasn't a speech writer. He he was like one of the, like he's considered like the architect of much of the Bush. Carl Rove. Carl Rove, yeah. So Carl Rove would be like a a sloganeer. But no, but the sloganeerian. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he's very sloganeerian in his. Yes, but thinking. that's that's. That is a Mike Man. Herrera word. <laughs> <Original>. <laughs> that is not sloganarian. Is not a word. Or is it? it well, the only you're only going to find sloganarian <laughs> in the lyrics for sometimes you have to ask okay. yourself. Well, that means it's great. Um, <laughs> other other contenders for Mike's vocab corner in the song include. Um, <laughs> don't palm your. <laughs> Don't, don't pawn your status quo problems Don't pawn your status quo problems off, he's said very quickly. Yep. Also, word salad-wise, slash, I think I'm into this, but I don't totally know what you're talking about. Spiritualized capital gain and wealth isn't a means to an end. Isn't the end itself. Am yeah. I right on that? I, <laughs> I think those I are the don't, words. I don't understand anything. These, I don't... I really, um, 
manifest individuality, manifest a sense of reality because it's non-exclusive. Don't be so elusively blind. I don't <laughs> understand what this means. I think it's basically like, yeah, don't. I'm not going to sell out and be a part of your system, man. I think that's what it is. <laughs> well, agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. I guess. I mean, I'm not. I mean, plus the this lyrics page has a solid picture of Yuri <laughs> on it. Looking really good. Looking really hot. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not it, saying it's not an awesome song. It is a solid, fast punk rock jam. Yeah. But I think I think what he what I interpret okay. spiritualized capital gain and wealth isn't a means to an end to mean is like trying to spiritualize the idea of like material wealth success is not should not be the goal so prosperity gospel maybe anti-prosperity gospel. yeah well i mean that's what i mean like that's maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. what he's i think that's what he's saying is like okay. there's more to life than you know buying into that sure so uh next song the wonder years um this song i i almost this could have been on my top three me too but it's it's it, it didn't make the cut, uh, but this is this falls into the uh, with my mom still cleans my room. It falls into the growing up mm-hmm. theme. So this is the Wonder Years. Not this is specifically what about Fred Savage. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand what's going on in my life these days. Everything upside down, turn around, will waste my life. No way. No way. Our lives in general, indeed. Um, I I think titular. I th- I think my favorite line in that song, just because of the way he. Uh, somebody does it. Somebody does freak my mind all the time. So good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, the end of that song, it's it's such a. I mean. It really could have been on my on my yeah. top three, but I, I think, yeah, we're we're five we're five songs in, man, and we good. haven't we haven't heard any. Of your we haven't top heard three. any wow. of my. Uh, I've blown through two of mine. Yeah, and it's um, I've made m- most of my songs are later in. Uh, so, any thoughts on the Wonder Years? I will say it's not quite a does this hold up candidate, but it is what? funny in retrospect. Uh, line, which is, in my younger years, I used to be so free. We've covered that they're twenty years old, so it's like, I mean, yeah, they're pretty young. So it's just funny. It's not problematic. It's just like, even as a kid, I remember listening to that, and being like, I mean, we're we're pretty young, all things considered, for sure. And I think it's funny thinking about going from teenage politics to one year later yeah, being like, like cynical and old years. yeah life's burdens have really crushed him <laughs> just wait until later mike oh, he doesn't even know mm. so all right um again man i 
their their second uh, second single, "Move to Bremerton," mm. and I I feel like I should have put this on my top three, but alas, here we are. "Move to Bremerton," iconic intro, man. So good. When I meet a special That was the most clever and most romantic concept. <laughs> back Did you in play the, that one for Dana? I, I didn't play that one for Dana, but I Still do can. remember hearing that line and being like, that is genius. <laughs> and I still, I still think it's a very sweet yeah, idea. It's nice. It's very nice. So I, anytime I'm in the car and I, I crank this, I harmonized to every single oh, yeah. this is the perfect yeah. harmony song mm-hmm. it, it it just lends itself even inventing new harmonies that aren't on the song oh for sure no i'm trying <laughs> to get i'm trying to get that three part in here son <laughs> let's do it later <laughs> yeah we're gonna we're gonna start a barbershop quartet of just mxpx <laughs> that be, songs that'll be great i'm here for that our kickstarter is launching soon Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. When my uh, in the pentatonics is that a thing? <laughs> I think so. Is that a uh, is that a group? It, it is indeed. Okay. Um, you have any hot takes on the on the move to Bremerton? Hot take. More of a fun fact. Okay. Uh, my sister in law used to live in Bremerton. Did I ever tell you this? No. So is this is this why everybody you know is connected to <laughs> these these? Hey, the Pacific Northwest has has deep roots. I guess yeah, it does branches out i don't know what i'm saying the point is she used to live there so i got to take a trip out there once okay and it felt you know very important to me because i was getting to visit bremerton uh i got to drive southbound on i-5 no way it felt really great um no that's really all i got i mean this is a great song i feel like it's so i know it so well now that it didn't Mm -hmm. really it wasn't really a candidate for my top three but it's a great song do you Um, do you feel like the do you feel like the singles don't lend themselves to be candidates because wow. of the how much they're played um, and how popular they are. I would say that about two of the three, but spoiler alert: the other one makes my top three. So we'll get to that later. Well, but... <laughs> we we are um, moving into my first of my three Ooh. and well, can that I, is can i say one more thing about move to bremerton yes do you know the other famous bremerton resident no sir mix a lot no what it's <laughs> from bremerton not only is he from bremerton he has a song this is definitely problematic he has a song called bremelos about how women from bremerton are overweight uh <laughs> Because I was, I was gonna say, for someone who likes big butts, I, I wouldn't assume that Bremerton would be. <laughs> well, apparently, apparently not. Um, anyway, so Sir Mix Lot, look it up. My gosh, I can't believe they haven't collaborated yet. 
move to Bremelos. <laughs> oh man, we'll we'll so hoe out. Uh, okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on to my first of my three, New York to Nowhere. The mm, good one. The first of their touring songs. That is the whole song. They just repeat the song again. Mm. Um, those are all the oh, lyrics. Yeah, good point. Um, and just in like just over a minute, they just rip through yeah. that. Gosh, Mike is ripping bass the bass yeah. in that. The, and do you, do you, and then those drum fills. You, mm-hmm. Oh gosh, that's it's just so. It's fast and it's you know, it's you don't really need to say. For for my limited time in a band in the tours that we did from Chicago to New York, we literally did wow. a Chicago to the East Coast tour where we played in we played in a bar some places in New York City, mm-hmm. but then we also played in some literally. In like Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. some middle of nowhere place, like so. I'm like, this song is, yeah. it's, it's legit. It's, um, but there's nothing about this song, and it's the 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 musicianship that they all just bring. It's fast and it's it's great. It's mm-hmm. there's no way this song wouldn't have been on my on my top three. Can we talk about one of my favorite? Another uh, favorite Mike vocal delivery on this one. What's that? <laughs> Which is <laughs> kind of smears it. I like it. Strip is a disaster. Yeah, it's there's there are a lot of Mike Mike isms throughout the throughout the their albums, and there's one specifically that I heard him talk about in a in an interview that's on slowly going the way of the buffalo that will bring up when we mm. went for that album but but here's here's i'll tease it a little bit mm-hmm. it's not how he naturally delivered the line it's how he was told he mm. should deliver the line Interesting. so yeah that's a little tease so the next next hit andrea mm. um coming in at just after it's the second shortest song uh, just after doing time at only a minute 47 seconds. Mm-hmm. 
totally forgot about God's amazing grace. That's a God that, reference alert. That's the. <laughs> yeah, that was the second God reference. Um, God's amazing grace, and that's also um, minute three seconds. Hmm. That's also um, no. That's I'm just kidding. That's not all the lyrics, but yeah, that the song's already half over. Um, that one like. I feel like it's easier to forget about that one because it feels pretty. I mean, sure, there's a cheesiness in comparing <laughs> meeting this girl to, <laughs> to God's, God's grace, grace. <laughs> but at least like the concept. No, 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 of... no. He's he, it's her face, man. Oh, right, He's right, talking right. about her countenance. Okay, then maybe it, then it's better. Um, <laughs> but like. Yeah, the fact that he's talking about God's grace, it's not really something that like grates on you as much. Like that's an acceptable thing. Not as not as much as waiting to bone the chick you love because <laughs> exactly. Jesus says so. Yeah. I will say this isn't quite a uh does this hold up, but the if ever there was a girl to be engaged to. It's just such a weird like why just engaged? Like not dating, not married, but like engaged. <laughs> it feels very like you know, twenty years old. It it yeah but it's it also it also feels like he's trying to quantify like you know <laughs> let me just i've crunched the numbers i've crunched, I've crunched the numbers i've, I've looked got at god's I've, grace i looked at the the data and this is this is the result you're amazing thanks god <laughs> yeah. um but so going back to the album artwork mm. i've wondered about who is that this this image of this of this girl is this andrea because he talks about his 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 vespa he's got a picture of a vespa Mm -hmm. you know he's they i don't know it's i if anybody knows mike hit hit me up on the uh on the old tweet i mean so he's got this girl in uh, Washington that he's stepping around the broken glass with. Right. He's got this girl in Kentucky that he wants right. to be engaged to. Yeah. What's it makes sense that he wants to redraw the maps to Bremerton because they're just all spread out. He doesn't know what's uh, going on. Who's who's the um who's the rapper who talked about hoes in different area <laughs> That'd codes? Be ludicrous. <laughs> be Luda. Yeah. The one and only. The one and only Luda. Um. So maybe Mike. Mike is the the pop punk version of Luda. He's I've got... always said that. <laughs> But now it's just confirmed. <laughs> yeah, we just confirmed it. All right, so I now will we're... say musically, I really, really like this song a lot. Like no, the it's... opening chords and everything, really good. Um, now we are entering second favorite, second favorite jam. Yes, your problem, my emergency. Good one. It's it is the longest track. Um, I will I'll tell you this that I have on my list. Both the longest song and the shortest song. So you mm-hmm. you uh, you figure it out. But your problem, my emergency.
drums on that song are really just good. so so killer and i think this might be the closest we get on this album to something being sort of overtly political yeah he talks about um i'm not gonna do what you say is right so there's some sort of authority or power um it's not clear at this point what it is whether that's parents not being cool and understanding whether it's government whether it's all the same just it's all, just society man <laughs> just society bro uh, but he's going but he does talk about organized manipulation so they're he's they're not they're not um unfamiliar from critiquing the church yeah. they did that in teenage politics legalistic people suck they say mm-hmm. so there's this sort of uh, organized manipulation if you want to talk about le- the legalism in the christian church uh and he's he he does the best that he can so i mean interesting i feel like i have always sort of interpreted it as being about like um the music industry yeah like not fitting into the machine of corporate music and life and life in general well i guess i guess to your point that's sort of that gets to at the end of the song um, I mean, sex masquerades as rock and roll yeah. and manufactured music to save your soul. So go and do your homework. Demographics, target marketing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've always been a little, again, this is one of those songs for me that's like, I'm not totally sure what he's saying, yeah. but I think it's about like not fitting in and not, you know, demographics, target marketing suggests like he's not going to be a part of your corporate music. Right. I think that's yeah. what it's about. I think, I think you're probably right. But Sex masquerades as rock and roll is is interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, when this came out, what else? What other? I mean, lots of. I mean, sex has always been a part of part of rock and yeah. roll, but I don't know. Look at some of these covers. Mike is looking pretty sexy. Yeah, that's true. He's rocking the. He's rocking the. His, his hair's pumped as tight as can be. <laughs> I mean, would you say that manufactured music to save your soul is that like a a dig on like Christian corporate music? Maybe I. Th- I mean. So when we were growing up listening to Christian music, you could, and you can probably finish um, this sentence. Can't wait. So we're Christians, but we're not. A Christian band? Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Said that one. I mean, that's for sure. That's, that's. I don't know how many bands probably had to say that they're, they're, we're Christians in a band, right. but we're not a Christian band. Yeah. And I think MXPX probably had to ride that fine line because yeah. they were touring with Bad Religion, Blink-182. Mm, 187. <laughs> Blink-187. Uh, they were... They were, but then they were playing Cornerstone, right. which is this huge... What was R.I.P.? Yeah. This giant Christian music festival in downstate Illinois was it downstate? Mm -hmm, Where was it? I forget. I feel like anything too far south is like yeah, it's all downstate. (laughs) It's all it's all southern Illinois. Yeah. So we'll 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 get into Cornerstone. That's another part of our will be another part of our. um, I think maybe in the next probably in the next one we'll probably talk about that and slowly go in the way of the buffalo. Sounds good. Um. I don't. I 
totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Christian's, oh, Christian, corporate music. Christian's yeah. corporate music. Yeah. The, the, I felt like Christian bands and I really got, I think I got defensive of that back in the day feeling like I needed to defend the bands because they were Christians. Like, sure. well, I mean, they're Christians, but, but then you listen to some of the music and it's like very, even though they're, this might be one of the last albums that yeah. will know actually the ever passing moment has the ever passing sure. moment might be one of the, the last, but yeah. this is sort of, the, the, it starts teetering off at this, mm-hmm. at this point. Um, but I think they were trying to be like, we don't want to be your Christian band. Mm-hmm. We also don't want to be your sexy, you know, corporate bands either. Right. So they wanted to have it both ways. And yeah. I think it's fair. I think they had. Yeah. I think that's, that's part of what was so appealing about them to me as a kid was like, they don't fit neatly in they don't either fit. of society's ways. Um, so speaking about Mike's sex appeal, let's talk mm. about, let's talk about Yuri because we all know that he's the chick magnet. Indeed. He's the mad chick magnet. girl soon he might i don't know consider about becoming engaged to her <laughs> yeah, i don't know you never know you never know thoughts <laughs> i mean do you remember the music video for that do i remember the music video for that that's what made me that was what go sold you by teenage politics and then by this one after that yeah not even i mean it's a fun music video but it was more just like the song was just like so cool and it's funny now I mean, I played that opening bass riff all the time. Oh, I played it on. I played it on guitar. I <laughs> right, figured yeah. out the the root note on guitar oh, yeah. and whatever you got, play it. That's one. It's like, yeah, you can play jars of <laughs> jars of clay, and people will notice. <laughs> and if you play that one, some people will look up, and you're like, yeah, you know what's up. <laughs> yeah, you know the deal. Um, yeah, but it's funny because it's like it's so familiar now that it almost just sounds like nothing to me. Like I've just heard it so much that I don't know if I can appreciate it anymore. But it's. It's also like a little too cute. I don't know. It doesn't make my cut of the three songs, but it is still a great song. Like it's very iconic. Love that baseline. That video was great. All of it. All of it. All right, let's we've uh we uh we got Where some we got some let's just cruise through some of these unless we have something to say. Let's uh cruise through these uh, next ones. 
is in my way. He's very sad. <laughs> Indeed. Poor Mike. Um, yeah, I got nothing in this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is, these are, um, you know, they're your typical having a rough time growing up, things are sad. Um, so Sorry, So Sorry is a song that I thought I heard them talk about. So apparently Mike and Tom would argue a lot and mm-hmm. they got into some scre- screaming matches at times. Oh. And and what I learned is that it, Tom is somebody that he's an instigator. I could see that from, yeah. from the podcast. Yeah, heard. he seems like a little bit of an instigator. So I think that this song is about is about that and some of the, the hardships that they had maybe Interesting. Go, going on tour. So. about the let it happen version oh. um where they they have the echoes on the oh, yeah, right. um gave it a little gave it a little gave it a little time <laughs> just a little thought too about much. thought about it for a while yeah Dude. i remember <laughs> going into like a legit studio with my band and recording some of our songs we've been playing for a while with like a real producer yeah and he had us do a lot of echoey harmonies and added vocal effects yeah which uh it's something (laughs) maybe Um, it's not always for the best we i don't know we might need to i think it'd be pretty great if we dug up some of our i gotta find them uh uh, yeah that's that sounds like a treasure Yeah. yeah um okay next song is my third and last um oh me too doing time yeah yep right on how do you not yeah it's the it's really good. Uh, it's just it's perfect it's minute 24 mm-hmm. um i remember an old tooth and nail music video compilation mm-hmm. vhs tape that i had doing time was on there this video was really cool yeah it, the camera kind of moves up and yeah, down yeah yeah <laughs> and and like yeah it's and it's they're playing it in the garage Gosh. of mike's mom's place which is where they currently have and sell and ship all their merch out of they still have that space and so that's where they recorded this music video that's cool i remember times i had some were happy some were sad memories me in the park is a crime going up a thousand times I feel fine. I went to school and did my time in a sense of out in a sense I'm free to do what I wanna be. I mean, we can't go much further than that, or else yeah, we'd be playing the full song. I feel like part of what makes it like classically gives it like a punk cred is that it's so short. Yep. Yep. It's like that classic punk structure, the chords. It's so fun. Yeah. For me, it's it's. Of the three singles, it's the one that remains like 
it's still like it's iconic but i can still listen to it and yeah, not just like, it's, get it's bored by it yeah it's not bloated it doesn't you're like oh it's a great song but it, it's like it's four minutes or whatever nope this right. is you know buck 25 you can mm-hmm. get you can get through that one in a minute yeah so um correct me if i'm wrong next um this is this is another song that falls into my sort of vague mic writing Mm. i don't know exactly what it's about so but we can talk about Come along. You already found the book with all the answers to all your questions. So take a closer look. You're in the turn Do you understand that metaphor? <laughs> you're in the turn lane. You're not in the intersection. No, you're in the turn lane, and I'm, I'm the, in the intersection. Inter- I'm the intersection. He's the intersection. No, it's confusing. <laughs> she's the turn lane. She's leaving, but he's like right in the middle of it. She's going one direction, but uh, he's she's going through him? Yeah, sure. So this is another part about this song I don't understand. It seems like it's a sort of pointed accusation kind of song that, you know... You, you think you've found all the answers and did you forget what's important? Mm. And then at the end of the song, he's like, oh, right. I'm proud of you. I know I know you'll make the right choice. Sure. So it like makes this, to use another driving analogy, it makes another sharp, it makes a sharp turn of tone. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like he's kind of, this is like maybe an end of a relationship, but then he's like, I know you'll do what's right for mm. you. I always took this to mean this is another kind of judgy theology one a little bit. Of oh, the you like, think? Unless I'm wrong. You already found the book with all the answers to all your questions, so take a closer look. Like, oh, the Bible's so, got the answers and you're not looking, so maybe oh. you should take a closer look, bro. Or girl, whatever. Yeah, that's how oh, I Okay, it, yeah, that's... You're, you're probably right. Thus, it has not been one of my favorites. But I still, it's fine. It's good. I'm in the turn lane. <laughs> He's in the intersection. I will admit in the end I'll be okay. I don't know about the laugh out. Yeah, I don't know. Don't I think forget just to laugh like, out It's cool. Loud. We're still good. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. All right. Um, moving along. Moving along to the next girl that Mike wants to bone. <laughs> Crystalina. <laughs> Possibly. Crystalina, what state yeah, is she in? She's so cool. She's cool, though. Crystalina. She's out of control Half the time she don't know where she's at Crystalina don't know much about that You know, not a Crystalina You know, I know when I've seen her You know, not a Crystalina You know, and I know when I've seen her Crystalina 
she she's well, not he, engagement material no she's not because she doesn't like mike right yeah so she happens to like boys mm. but not him oh, yeah. so it's one of the girls that that turned him down i do remember kind of thinking that was a kind of a cool <laughs> phrasing she happens to like boys i took it to mean kind of like you know people can like whoever man whatever gender it doesn't matter this one just happens to like boys and i was like all right cool i guess it's kind of open-minded <laughs> maybe i'm being generous <laughs> I, I think you're, you're being kind of generous with that interpretation but maybe mike i you know i get the impression that bremerton was maybe a little bit more open-minded big navy based town well you that's well that's where uh mike or, or tom and yuri work now right on those ships on those ships um they like big ships <laughs> um so oh, second second to last song, Destroyed by You. Ooh, I got it. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> my main my main takeaway from this song is that it was the outro music on Love Line. Yes. Yeah, you remember this too. Okay. Yes. I uh which also feels very nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six feels like a very seminal time for me in terms of like music and culture and movies and stuff and Love Line feels <laughs> solidly a part they, of that world. They uh Mike actually just tweeted um about someone tweeted about um uh, adam carolla getting getting mike on his podcast to talk about the new album because um because of that because of that that whole thing That's that funny. they used to they used to be the bumper music right. at the end of that episode so uh, maybe, maybe Mike will be on the podcast to talk about the new album. I remember, I think it was Engineer Mike they called him. <laughs> I was really into the show. The I, I don't, I don't, th- I didn't listen to it that okay. much. I definitely did. There was like producer Ann, and then I think it was Engineer Mike, and he was the one who was really into MXPX and like played it on there because I remember them talking about it once. And there was that little clip where it's like, this music is MXPX. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> um, and he, uh, yeah, that's, I think this, I think they played it on the show before the album came out. And that was another one of the things that was like, oh, I can't wait for this album because the song sounds so good. Snap. This album came out before Blink-182's Enema of the State, mm-hmm. which I really feel like popularized the Nananas. Mm. Came out even before Dude Ranch. Dude yeah. Ranch was 97. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah, they the, definitely had a solid market on the Nananas. Yeah, but I think most people think when they think of the Nananas. Right. They, it's very blink. They, they think blink. But you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> we cracked this thing open. I really like this song <laughs> we cr- a lot. Yeah, we cracked this conspiracy <laughs> wide open. Uh, yeah. what, they, they, what the government won't tell you about <laughs> non and uh, Yeah, I really like this one. It's a, Especially at the end of the song with the, 
the the na 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 na's uh na 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 yeah yeah up a little so good all right um john it's our the last song are we at hour six of the podcast yep if um if you're keeping if you're keeping time we are at we are almost breaking the two and a half hour mark it's really long it's very it's very long this is an important album this is 50 greatest pop punk this is number 27 Mm -hmm. and we all know that you are you need to know about what rolling stone thinks about pop punk yes um southbound is my honorary fourth interesting song it's it is the only other if you want to include the sorry so sorry in the touring mm-hmm, um sure. but southbound in high school would any road trip i made mm, instantly yeah. southbound was on there because of the the outro mm-hmm. yeah i like that it's yeah beautiful it's a good way to end the album yeah driving and dreaming it's all the same same old town with a different thing that's fine by me There's only one place that I wanna be Seven high five Windows down and music on the stereo I'm driving and I'm dreaming There's no place I'd rather go Staring at white lines On the side of the road Alright, we gotta wrap this up Um... So, John, we are three in, three deep into, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know if we're actually going to be able to get any of these out, um, all of these out before <laughs> the new album drops. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. So we may have to, I don't know, are we going to have to go out of order? Are we going to have, or are we going to wait to review the album until we get through? We, we will make some executive decisions. We'll have to make I don't know. call an audible. Yeah. So um, that's that's life in general. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts, what three songs would you choose on on life in general for your top three? Um, to summarize, uh, John, you had... Um, Sometimes you... Blah, 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 blah. What's it called? <laughs> Sometimes you have to ask yourself. That's the one. Um, then you had um, another one. Yeah, another one. <laughs> I guess moved to Bremerton. Would you have no middle name? Middle, middle. Okay, middle name. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, and then doing time. Yeah. Okay, and then I had um, doing time. Your problem. My emergency. New York to nowhere. So, everybody, let us know what you think. Hit us up at on Twitter at MagnifiedPod or Gmail, MagnifiedPod at gmail.com, where you can email us any of your love, hate, questions, feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, I, didn't, I haven't edited the Teenage Politics episode, so I don't have any corrections at this point from yeah. the last episode. But, sure, be more. but I'm sure that we'll, uh, we'll have a whole bunch of corrections in future episodes so um next we're doing 
we're doing slowly slowly so going the way of the buffalo which is the what the mxpx haters were saying um, mm. about mxpx at the time that they were after this album they were drifting away from oh. they were going to become extinct they were like going to be buffalo. no more interesting yeah. i never knew what the reference was about. yeah that was it was some hate mail that they got that they were going oh, yeah. to be going the way of the buffalo they were just going to maybe become, i do remember that yeah that's good stuff so yeah well as we said next time on the show we'll be discussing uh the boys in magnified plaids uh fourth album right their yeah. first yeah their fourth their first non ah, tooth and nail, nail. Yep. non-tooth nail we're going to get into the drums that's right the drums of that of slowly going the way of the buffalo brendan ebel tooth and nail and all that nonsense and then it'll uh, it'll be time for a podcast at our house and it wouldn't be the same without you so join us won't you <laughs>